You're listening to DraftKings Network. Colorado Allison because... loves the Leafs, number one Leafs fan. <laughs> Here we go. Dude, I literally just shat all over them. How is that loving them? No, you want them to win the Ryan O'Reilly sweepstakes. You actually love them. <laughs> You're the acting like you hate it. them, like we're in high school, and this is like your crush. You're like Helga Pataki. <laughs> hey, Arnold. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I'm joined by someone who one time put out a tweet on Twitter and got a whole bunch of people telling her how awesome she is. Let's read some things about Sarah Sivian. I'm going to keep going back to this. You have a great sense of humor on the internet. You were the only person at a certain place to check in on me after a very upsetting thing, and that spoke volumes about you. I will never forget it or you, and you will always have a special place in my heart. People like you are keepers. Sarah Sivian, I detect no lies. How are you today? Oh, Allison, you know when to pull out that list. Yeah, I'm a little under the weather. Don't have COVID, but looks like sometimes other sicknesses do occur. So that's where I'm at right now. But I'm dedicated to the pod. So I'm here. <laughs> it is so strange, right? Like you get sick and you're like, oh, wait, maybe this is just a cold. Yeah. Like who knew? Just In a this cold. economy. <laughs> and because proper attention was not paid last episode because of my bad memory and changing time zones like every five seconds shout out for the ultimate consummate super professional insider shana <laughs> goldman shana say hi hi how are you <laughs> i'm good how are you i'm good i have how do you prepare but she's just like you yeah oh yeah we got the same ones right yeah 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 how do i helpful. prepare what how do you How do prepare, prepare the the intros? Like, is this something that you do on the fly? Or like, do you put in like prep work for this to have like it at the ready, the list, the, do you, do you have a thesaurus that you keep next to your desk? <laughs> a little inside tell. baseball, inside too I, many men. In our, in our last episode ever, when we sign off, I'll tell the whole story. How about that? There you go. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's never going to happen. That's never happening. <laughs> <laughs> See? There forever will be too many men. There you go. Well, that is a factual statement. <laughs> until the yeah, until the day there's not too many men, which is never. <laughs> All right, let's dive right into it, my friends. We hope you enjoyed um, our interview episode last uh, earlier this week with Rod Brindamore. You will not want to miss our next episode next week with us. This interview, folks, is so fun. Um, but we have a chock full of news and hockey topics episode for you today. Sarah, what time is it? Time for Bit-O News. Bit-O News. Let's get into it. Let's start with something that we record the day before, as we've always told y'all. So it is Wednesday, and there's some news that's been going around in the sports universe, um, but it does, of course, directly affect hockey. And that has to do uh, with some financials. And it is reported today, I'm reading from Maury Brown at Bisball Maury, Diamond Sports Holdings, which runs Bally Sports Regional Networks, has officially skipped its $140 million debt payment, enters a 30-day grace period, will undoubtedly file for bankruptcy on heels of AT&T Sportsnet, RSNs, that's regional sports networks, paying less to Rockies, Astros, and Pirates earlier this week. 
for context, why this matters, as many of us know, depending on which teams we follow locally, Bally Sports is the regional network for 12 NHL teams. Shayna, you are our financial guru. You understand the business of this game. Can you first, before we discuss, just lay out why this matters above and beyond just, oh my gosh, will I still be able to see the team I follow on TV? What are the numbers behind this? What's the concern? So um, every team obviously gets money from their regional sports network. Networks pay teams to broadcast their games. And if they go into a total financial crisis, those teams are going to be impacted. They're not going to have the, the revenue stream that they should. And that's going to affect everybody because of revenue sharing in the league. So it's going to hurt the individual teams. It's going to mean more of hockey-related revenue goes to the teams. And that's less for the players to have in the share. And already we have problems of escrow going so high with players owing money back based on the split of revenue that they have. And that also impacts the salary cap. If the revenue isn't there, the salary cap doesn't raise as much as it should. Everybody has been relying on new TV deals to boost it, you know, with ESPN, with Sportsnet, with TNT, and now with regional networks as well. So it's going to be impactful if and only if, you know, this unfolds certain ways, you know, they're gonna, if they file for certain bankruptcies, like it's there's no guarantee right now, but it's something that, you know, the league right now, I believe Gary Bettman said a few days ago, like they're not concerned right now, which is going to be the answer always to keep things afloat instead of like going panic mode. But there is a way that this can turn out pretty poorly for teams. So, you know, you're going to have the issue of how do you watch games, but you're also going to have the issue of where does this money gets made up from? Sarah, what was your reaction in terms of now the impact on the sport and your opinion just on the situation? We're in such a weird place right now because the way that people used to watch TV is changing. And now we have so much cord cutting and, you know, kind of a la carte viewing, depending on what kind of stuff you like to watch. What's your take? Yeah, I'm putting my cords back at this point. It's just a new <laughs> thing popping up everywhere. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not an economist, but I do have some takes. And I think it's not. Like, I don't really know about bankruptcy. I do know, like, people still end up being successful after they go bankrupt. But, Allison, you are saying before the podcast, too, it depends kind of which you file for, I guess. And it can affect the salary cap. So that's obviously my biggest concern. But the way, and I am sure it's somewhat related, but the way Bally, and I don't want to shit on it too much because it's it's the only option, right? And it's full of all of, other than, like, the niche ones around Pittsburgh. I know in Seattle, too, they got root. But just the bickering and the childish negotiations that are keeping people from watching the sport. I know something really messed up happened in Colorado where they couldn't even watch games at a certain point because there was just like disputes and they like went on straight. I don't even know what was happening, but there's been so many disputes between networks and teams. And I know it affects, like, I don't want to say too much, but like just people I've talked to that have the role of host or behind the scenes at Bally's. It's like, teams get pissed off by Bally because of how they've kind of acted. And it's a really bad relationship sometimes. And this just, is just not how we should be getting information out to fans of the sport. The fans just deserve better. So this is, I don't know, it's horrible. I never wish anybody for their jobs to get taken away. And it just, the hits keep coming in sports media as we'll talk about again later. But I want there to be change where there's more of a uniform, easier, more accessible way for us to watch the sport. It shouldn't be this damn hard. 
Right. And this, it's um, my husband's going to kill me because I always ask him for this and I always forget the answer. But this actually goes back to some legislation that didn't pass. And Shana, maybe you know this. I guess John McCain was one of the people spearheading it at the time to allow for more piecemeal pay for your channels that you want to watch kind of situation. And the legislation failed. And that's how we've gotten to this place where RSNs are being screwed because everything has to be bundled together. And then you have things like YouTube TV refusing to even consider bringing in RSN. So it's it's just a big old mess. The only thing I'd like to say, and we're going to talk about this, let's just get into it too. We're going to talk about the fact that Sports Illustrated laid off a bunch of their writers and reporters and, and editorial staff, including people like editors and, and things like that, copy editors that are so important today. Um, folks, I understand you want to watch your team. I understand that you can find ways around paying the services that provide it to you. But when you don't pay for what you want to consume, people will end up losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. And Shana made this point online. You know, the the I love your work is the new thoughts and prayers. If you love someone's work, <laughs> whether it is. That's it's, so it's, true. If you truly love someone's work, even if you don't read the whole thing, or maybe you don't have time for it, click, scroll, Give it a look. If you love someone's work on a broadcast, watch the broadcast, pay for the service that provides the broadcast. When we're taking shortcuts, and listen, I'm guilty of it too. We've all borrowed a login or done this or that. When you don't pay for what you're going to consume, ultimately what you want to consume is no longer going to exist. Shana, your thoughts on just the whole situation, the RSN situation and also Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I'm so tired of people being like, I don't want to do those subscriptions. Like I get it. It's a lot. Like you can to watch a movie you might have 10 subscriptions to watch sports you might have even more if you want to watch baseball think of how complicated it was last year you needed peacock for games on sunday friday night games on apple tv mlb tv which was blacked out in your own region then you need to have a cable login to access yours in a streaming capacity or just have fucking cable and then you're blacked out of mlb network games on top which you need a separate cable package for like it's so complicated i completely understand it i hate it too there are ways that this could have been fixed but legislation or a lack of class action lawsuits proceeding is why we are here. It would be nice if that can change, but until it does, you still have to support the work of people and industries that you appreciate. And that's like Allison said, clicking someone's work, even if you don't have the time to read it, all of my friends are programmed to know if I write a story and I send a link out, you click the link, yep. you hit me with the slow scroll to the bottom, must get to the bottom, <laughs> hit me give it a good rating and get out. Yep. And they know it. I send it in the chat. Like, here you go. Whoever has a subscription, slow scroll it. And they know that you're, I don't care if you don't read it, just pretend and then read it later. If you're busy at work, like do whatever you have to do. Obviously, you know, we appreciate when people read things we write because we put the work into it, but at the very least, that's what you can do for people you care about. You can click one button, press retweet. You can press like, you can say, Hey, good job. Because if you reply to someone's tweet, it's going to show up on their timeline too. And then they might be like, hey, you like the story. Maybe I will. It all is the same thing. If you like someone's work, so actually support it. Don't just mm-hmm. say, I'm really sorry. You just lost your job. It's like, and that, or I loved your work. I loved your work. Yep. You're lo- Amplify them. Loving my work doesn't pay my bills. Honestly, exactly. I've felt a lot of support. I mean, obviously within people of the industry, but when I made my switch, I didn't even lose my job. I mean, it was kind of iffy, but I will say people were jumping to support me and I and the people that like I really 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 appreciate that and I'm already seeing it with some sports illustrated people so I appreciate that too but even when we're kind of settled in just if you love people and you want to see them around keep doing that because there's also people on the other side who I'll never I'm still dealing with this not that it's all about me but like why I went over the, through this in the summer people are still like I'm so happy the athletic got rid of you I'm like do you 
I would never say that about someone I don't like about losing their job. But, and I'm always like, for the record, I did not lose my job, but it's like, I can't imagine like being married to somebody who went on the internet and was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy you lost your job. Like be a good person and it's not be a better person and support people. I don't know. Mm It's not like people go up to you. Like if you're a fucking accountant, it's not like I'm going to go up to you and be like, you did my taxes fucking horribly and scream at you. If you disagree with something, if you're, I don't know, you're a chef, you don't have someone like you did. You don't enjoy the meal running back to the kitchen and screaming for the world to know how much you sucked at your job. Like day to day people, like most people don't have to deal with that. And, you know, in this industry, like we're open to this weird form of criticism of doing our jobs it's like not everyone's everyone's cup of tea and that's totally fine some of us don't even drink tea at all (laughs) yes and it's kind of fine but when bosses and this is kind of getting back to my larger point when bosses use that as a reason to shy away from somebody who does great work because they maybe have had opinions and they're getting doxxed by the right i mean this is i've seen this happen a few times where it's like you got to see both sides so that you don't fall into these people's traps, which is so messed up because like, I'm not, that's bowing down to them. But anyway, it's, it goes back to our point of still support the people and get these subscriptions and stuff. But it's just so aggravating that the billionaires who are never happy enough and the people filing for bankruptcy because they made an absolute shit show of their company are the ones to blame for all of this. And then every single other person gets affected. So I would say, trust me, I'm like a consumer that doesn't, that sometimes goes through somebody else's subscription because I'm like in this economy, but I try to support people like on Patreon and everything like that. But it's because I just like, don't, we're on the same side, content creators Mm -hmm. and your favorite, like your favorite content creator and the audience, we want the same things. We want to have good content. We want to have it accessible and we don't want you to have to pay too much, but it's just kind of a shit show where the industry is right now. So we'll keep a tabs on this. Um, it is definitely something to watch um, both in terms of impact to the people who work in the industry and also impact to the sport as a whole. Let's uh, dive into our next bit of news, which is a little closer to the actual ice. Last time we talked, we talked about Jacob Chikrin getting scratched due to trade-related reasons. Now Columbus's defender Vladislav Gavrikov is also in the same boat. He missed the last game the team played against New Jersey, and it appears that the team will proceed with a similar practice until the player is moved. Shana, what is your take on trade-related scratches when the trade doesn't happen right away. We think that maybe this is something the players and potentially the union might ultimately have a problem with. Yeah, I can see the players having a problem with it. Like with Chikrin, it makes sense because if I remember correctly, last year he got injured kind of close to the deadline. It was like, well, there you go, Arizona. Like that is really tough luck, but it's going to become a trend. I understand it closer to it, but it's February 15th. Like unless teams are projecting trades to happen sooner like some of these players have things in their contracts too like milestones they have to hit that you know this could be like potentially a problem for like do you put a clause in there in your contract in the future is that going to be something we see like added to it like if i'm held out for trade related reasons it you know we have to properly proportion the games i do play and what i do produce and like i don't know like it i feel like that could be like a weird ripple effect if we see that happen but you know i understand it to a point 
you don't want your trade assets getting hurt and you want to tank. So if they're out of your lineup, that's good for you. But then, uh, you know, get on your horse and trade the fucking player already. But I also think this is just uh, managers trying to leverage a situation like with Chikrin. I think it was to scare other teams like we're close to a trade. So other teams would jump in and be like, wait, 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 we'll pay this. We'll pay this. Don't trade him to this other club. So I don't know if that's going to happen with Gavrikov per se, but it's, you know, another part of it. Well, and everybody on Columbus's roster gets hurt and broken. So (laughs) Shane, uh, Sarah, do you like the practice or does it bother you? I am kind of neutral on this. Allison, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I get it from an asset management perspective. I think that the only issue is um, if it takes too long to Shana's point, like it's, I think you have to be close because I think otherwise, if this becomes a trend, I think that the players in the union are going to be say like, there has to be a, a max amount of times this can happen or something like that. It just, you can't take a player out and then have them miss multiple games. For that's exactly, that's stint, exactly right? why I'm neutral. See, you have such a way yeah. of like knowing what's going on in my brain. I <laughs> at first was so pumped about it. Right. I was like, Oh my God. Yay. Transparency, whatever. And it's drama whatever, but you're exactly right. Where, what, what's going to happen where I don't know. We shall I, see. I, I think that after COVID probably is when there's more like leniency and leeway to do this because people, every time somebody's out of the lineup now, it's like, Oh my God, did they get the jab? So <laughs> Shut up. Well, speaking of taking a long round transition from that talk, we talked about Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin, one of the teams he was rumored most strongly to potentially be headed to was L.A. And today, L.A. announced a contract extension for their defender, Mikey Anderson. This will kick in next year. Eight-year contract extension with an average annual value of $4.125 million. Shana, do you like the signing? And does this in any way make you think differently about whether or not Jacob Chikrin heads there? I do like the signing. I think it's a little bit of an overpay, but I think it's a good risk to take. Like it, it kind of reminds me of the Matias Samuelson contract. Like Anderson's not the most flashy defenseman, but he's in a top pair role facing, you know, off against top competition and doing well. And, you know, you're signing a player early, longer, so things like that. I think this feels like the right cap for a player in this capacity. Do I think it stops them from Chikrin though? No, I think that they have other assets to move. I don't think they were going to move Mikey Anderson in the first place. And I think Chikrin could come in and play a different role than Anderson entirely. So I'd be curious to see if like that's someone for more offensive situations and if they move a different defenseman then, so they don't have too many, you know, like as their young players develop, they'll have to sign to longer contracts and shit like that. So does this you know, I mean, this is the one player they want to keep and a different defenseman possibly could be on the move. Like it, it's interesting, but yeah, I, I would think. But I meant more that. from a, I meant more from a cap perspective. Cause if you bring in Chikrin, he's got, he's got term. Yeah. His contract is not too expensive, but I think Arizona said they'd be willing to retain salary if they would up the return. So if LA really wants him and doesn't want a team like Edmonton to be in the mix, someone that they're going to have to go up against, that's a good way to do it. Like, Hey, we'll throw in this extra pick for you to, retain salary like but anyone has the assets it is LA so that's the one part that I'm like maybe it works a little bit but I don't know it, it also could be LA kind of like standing their ground like we don't have to jump to the standards you want if you want the trade to happen you know what we're offering and if not we're cool too Sarah thoughts on this signing at all or are we neutral yeah no I really like it I was um listening to Jackie Redman and she had some really good advanced analytics about the matter last week he's fifth best in um 
what it, hold on. She's about to pop up saying it again. When it comes to expected goals against for 20 minutes at even strength. Look at you. Yeah, Look at you go. He's fifth in the NHL. Um, I think it's the East Coast bias here where you're just like, oh, should this guy be worth it? Which is because I don't really watch him that much, but I have been keeping an eye on him lately. I think he has been really good this season. It makes me wonder if the Kings do really need another defenseman. I think they could benefit from one. I don't know if it's going to be our boy in Arizona, but I don't know. I feel like Arizona is going to trade. I don't know if he, they really care and they're probably looking for the best return, but I wonder if they're going to trade him to the East instead. Mm, spicy, spicy take from Sarah Sivian. All right. Let's finish with one last bit of L.A. related news. And that is just a cool story. Uh, Monday, the Kings wore their Black History Month jerseys. They were beautiful, in my opinion. And it was revealed after the fact that Akil Thomas, who is a player of color on the team, helped design the team's jersey. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I loved all the detailing. I loved the fist and the colors. And I think it's so awesome the way that NHL, like we crap rightfully so on the NHL for a lot of diversity issues. And there's a long way to go. But I do love that they're getting fans of color and people of color and players of color involved in these jerseys and in the Black History Month celebrations. I think it can be a first step, just more people in the room, more representation really is the key, I think. So it's been great to see that and the reception and the jerseys are awesome. Shana, I was a little surprised that they didn't share that uh, fun design detail till after the fact, but I love it. What did you think? Yeah, I think he actually helped them design the jersey last year too. So I think it's it's a really mm. cool thing for him. If I remember correctly, like the Devils had help from PK Subban before on their jersey as well. Um, any way you can get the players involved, I think it's a good thing. Any way you can, like, tap into, like, a, a different side of a player. Like, you know, <laughs> we talk about the NHL being bland. This is a good way to show your personality. It's a good way to connect the fans to the player in a different capacity. And it's something that, like, I don't know, I just hope we see around the league more. And even if it's for all different events, if players have ideas that they can take it to teams and be like, hey, let's collaborate a little bit more, you know, and it's a way to show individuality, but on a team scale. So it's not the whole I before me that the NHL is so against. Zach Aston Reese is a graphic designer. He got a graphic design degree from Northeastern University. I'd like to see him create something maybe for the Maple Leafs. Hey, let's move on then, friends. We had our interview last episode, so we told you we'd dive into the hockey. So let's do it. Let's go into the hockey topics. We have touched on this a little bit. And Sarah talked about it when she talked with Rod Brindamore last episode, too. But the deadline is coming. There are still some big ticket players out there. The Canes are maybe in a place of need that they didn't think they had to be with Max Pacioretty now being back out of the lineup. Sarah, insider Sarah with her bestie Rod Brindamore, what do we think the Canes have to add come deadline time? You're now the GM. Go. Yeah, def definitely a shooting sniper wing. And Tarasenko would have been a good fit, but it, it, I'm, it, I don't know if I love it. I, I think I like the youth, and I like Meyer. I like, how are we pronouncing that right? Like Oscar Meyer. <laughs> I don't know. My, my brain is jumping. No, you're right. I am right? Okay. okay. Yep. But I love that fit in Carolina. I think he hit the 30 goal mark already if there's any time to buy him it's right now but obviously other people 
know that and are inquiring about him. But it's funny that Rod came on my podcast and this kind of, he wasn't hinting my pod, our podcast. He was hinting, <laughs> hinting towards that saying he wouldn't hate like another goal scorer. That's the specific need. And I can't see anybody else doing it better than him right now. And then Don Waddell went on the athletic hockey show yesterday. We're, com- we're beefing, we're competing, but he said he was like tongue in cheek about, he likes um, the GM of the, the the sharks and they have worked together and he smirked or whatever but don i have dealt with that man and he is he he's not a liar but he will definitely throw things out there to keep people guessing and like he's thrown me under the bus a few times so i'm not going to say it's definitely happening but he likes to keep people guessing Show me a GM who always tells you the truth and I'll yeah. show you that's not a real thing. Yeah, it does, it's like, he, if anything, it makes him a better GM because he's making right. people guess. Right. Shayna, you're suddenly GM of the Carolina Hurricanes. What are you going to add? I'm definitely adding a scoring winger. Uh, yeah, Timo Meyer is the top of the list. And I know there's been some talk like, will teams add him at the deadline and then flip him again this summer? And like, I don't know. I, I think that they have that need long-term for this kind of position. Here's like a volume shooter. He's also a good playmaker, but he's someone who is good in transition and that's different for their game. Like that chip and chase, like style. If you have someone who can bring the puck in consistently with possession and, you know, just rip off shots and finish your chances. Like that feels like a really good fit. Um, Below him, the options just aren't very good. Like, could you go for someone like Brock Besser who, you know, has a good shot, but has flaws elsewhere? Yes. I think on a team like Carolina, they could kind of mask it better than anyone, like his defensive issues, but I don't love it. I think the problem is if the Canes had a really good second line center, I think the winger option, you could go with kind of anyone. But since they don't, you want to have it that you have two elite wingers and that'll make up for the 2C position. Um, maybe they say, fuck it and go for a center instead. And then, you know, you can deal with the winger situation if you have like, I don't know, Ryan O'Reilly or a big ticket center like that stepping in. But for me, I'm thinking just keep elevating the wings and the center position isn't as important in this like one situation. And Patrick's contract is up at the end of the season, so they could keep Meyer and it's like filling that need. Yeah. Tremendous. See, hire us as your GMs or just put all three of us in your front office. Yeah, because it's that easy because yeah. there's no return needed. Just we're going to snag No, him. it's going to be fine. It's gonna what do you fine. think he's going to go for? A lot everything <laughs> everything no, i you know i like that what is it the rumors with new jersey being like before you trade him let him let us know because we might want to like up the ante so that's like an intriguing part of it too like you have to think it's two first round picks at the very least a top prospect and i feel that's like insane. They, it's a lot but like if any player is going to be worth it it's Meyer. but like i feel like all of these rumors it's going to be like you look at like what mark stone went for and that was a pending ufa and he was a little bit older but like best two-way winger in the game and he didn't even bring back a first round pick and you're like good luck san jose well yeah but also i feel like times are different now like and i say this with love like david savard got a first round pick like yeah. what are we doing ben like, chirac did jeremy lazon well, got fair, a second well, round pick there like what fair, are fair, we fair. doing <laughs> Teams, that's the thing like barbashev or someone is gonna i feel like get so much back because everyone's gonna be like we need that utility forward and i really like his game and i think he's gonna be a good ad for whoever gets him but he's gonna go for so much and then we're gonna see like the actual high-end pieces not go for like what they actually should like it always happens like that it's just funny how it's so dependent on timing and fit and of course the salary cap so it's just funny when you look at like what some of these people have gone through and you think about Nina Nita Ryder and uh, Victor Rask and it's just sometimes GMs are Victor bad. Rask. So Yes. yes. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we picked one team that is a contender. Let's talk about a team that's on the brink here. And that is the Minnesota Wild. If we look at their last 10 games, they're not doing so great. They are three, six, and one. They're coming off of a shootout, a shootout or overtime, I forget, loss to Florida. Uh, it, it was a shootout loss to Florida shootout. on Monday. And it feels like if Kirill Kaprizov isn't scoring, like that the team is just kind of blah. They're currently sitting in the second wild card spot, but we know how tight the West is. Shana, what's going on with the wild? Yeah, it's it hasn't been great for them. You see like a lot of flaws. You know, we think of Minnesota, we think of like this lower offense. They're not great at five on five, a lot of power play scoring, things like that. And that was true in the beginning of the season, but like their defense isn't perfect either. So it just is like a bad culmination of things, you know, all happening at once. Um, they really need a a top line center. Like that is a huge need. And this is a team like we talked about with the Canes, like you can make up for not having a an elite one C if you have really good wingers and you do in Kaprizov and Zuccarello, but like Sam Steele was doing okay there. And then he was, and he went down to the fourth line and became a healthy scratcher after that. Ryan Hartman, they're trying to bring back something that clicked before, but it just like, it's not, it's not enough. And you can't, you can't move up Eric Snedek or your second line now is lacking. Like they need, they need another forward. And they actually have a lot of cap space at the deadline to make a move. I just don't know how willing they're going to be to move a ton of pieces for a rental because they don't want to like completely screw up their, window but it does feel like if you're going to try to capitalize on it and your playoff chances start sliding and they might like you got to do something here well and their cap situation is only going to get worse from yep. here on out so a Sarah, rental makes sense then yeah but like is i like it's kind of like the islanders though too right like yeah go you but like really are you still gonna i don't know sarah are the wild gonna make it into the playoffs or, or are we looking at the the beginning of the descent i it's such a tough call, but I think there are too many good teams right now, and it's they're being too inconsistent. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Oh, Minnesota Wild. But we do love you, Mark andre This is just another sword against oh my Mark god! Andres. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We had one team that's in contention. We have one team that's fading, and then we have one team that appears to have acknowledged it's time to throw in the towel, and that is the St. Louis Blues. Shayna already mentioned uh, Tarasenko, or excuse me, Sarah mentioned Tarasenko. Um, they're starting the sell-off. 75% of their Stanley Cup winning team is gone, and this is still so crazy to me. When last year they led the league in, was it It was plus 30 goal scorers, was it not? Was it plus yeah, 20 or plus 30? they had nine. Nine 20 goal scores, I think it was. Their entire top nine was 20 goal scores. It was, I remember preparing to to do a game with Kraken against them. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, they're just stocked. And now here we are. St. Louis, a requiem, RIP. Shayna, what's going to happen with the Blues? Yeah, like, it's 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 crazy. Because, like, last year, the, the versatility of their forward group, and they were a team that was so interesting because, like, public measures really didn't sh like truly show how good they were in certain ways because like they were a team that relied so much on passing to make their shots so dangerous and it worked for them. You know, it, it, it was unfortunate that they went, you know, up against the Colorado Avalanche and like they weren't the strongest of contenders, but I think they were better than we gave them credit for. But the biggest problem, it's been since Petrangelo left, they don't have a true number one defenseman. Colton Pareko didn't step up to it. They never gave him a capable partner. They were like, here's Marco Scandella. And now... Scandella is terrible. Let's throw Mikola into that role. And it just didn't work. And, you know, 
I, I like how they have Justin Falk and I like how they have Tori Krug, but it just feels like they, they really have been lacking since that. And anytime they could have stepped back and been like, you know what? We're not good enough. We're going to get out in the first round. Let's sell a piece, get a couple pieces back and flip them again. It's something they did the, the year before they won. They did that with Paul Stasny. It was the smartest thing they could have done because they took the assets to get better. They chose not to do it all this time. And it just got to a point where like, you can't stop the bleeding. So you have to figure out a way to rebuild around your core, which is going to be the Robert Thomases and Jordan Kyrie's of the league who you already extended. So we see this all off, like started and it just has to continue. And hopefully, you know, they're aggressive enough with it that they can do it as quickly as possible. How old is Thomas? Thomas is 24. And Kyrou is? 25. Okay. All right. So I guess, I guess it's possible. Sarah? The Blues are going to start trying to find a second wind after this teardown. What do you see happening with this team? Can they bounce back since we see that they're they're done this year? Can we see them bouncing back in near term with some sort of rebuild? Wait, 23 and 24, sorry. Oh, okay. That's better. That's better. Okay, thank you. I- I actually love what the Blues are doing right now because it's like I look at the Wild. I'm like, oh, like you're probably not going to make it. Like they're not going to win the playoffs, even if they do happen to make it. And it's always interesting to me to see the few years after a cup contender because it's so hard. Like you get addicted to the feeling of winning the cup and then you don't want to let that go. But the smartest GMs can realize, listen, you've got Tarasenko, who's never played for anywhere else. And you've got a few other people that like could definitely be traded and you just think about like what you could get for them. And if not now, then you're just going to let them walk. So it's a tough decision, but you look at the blues and it's like they win 10 games and they lose 10 games. And that shows me that they do have some really good young players that they could build from once they just kind of figure it out and build for a few years, I think. And I think, like, if any team can do that, it's the team that won the cup in 2019. Like, you just won a cup. So you can give yourself a few years of grace to get it together again and not go down the road of the Blackhawks or the Kings. And I love Scott Perunovich. I thought, like, he was in my, like, dark horse contention for one of the best. I don't know if he's a rookie, but, like, I thought he was going to be, like, a sneaky, underrated player this yeah. year. But he got injured. But apparently three days ago, he was signed assigned to the AHL on a conditioning assignment. Mm. So he's on his way up and I think he could be a really good player for them. So it's not like they have completely emptied the cupboards and they're still building while they have a few good young players. So that's good. Does Jordan Biddington ever win <laughs> a cup again? No. Sarah? Shana says no, Sarah. Sorry. No, no, no way. But I'm glad <laughs> he won. I mean, am I glad he won one? No, I'm yeah. happy for him though. I'm not. <laughs> I can say it. It was. I, it, I'm glad he won. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. All right, friends. Well, we always end every episode with our favorite game, and that is fuck, marry, kill. And we haven't mentioned our favorite team yet, so we have to bring in the Toronto Maple Leafs into this. <laughs> Here we go. Today's Fuck, Mary Kill, we're talking about contenders and not contenders and teams selling off and players going places. So we put that all together into today's Fuck, Mary Kill. Shana, you are first. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Ryan O'Reilly, trade destinations. Fuck, Mary Kill, the Leafs, the Avs, the Canes. Go. Okay. 
I'm going to kill the Canes because while I think they do need a center, I really want to see them go for the high end wing and see how much they can balance out. I like, it's just something I'm intrigued by. I want to see how it works. Like we think of like Vegas with like the first line with Chandler Stevenson as the center instead of Mark Stone and like how it's fine because Mark Stone basically can play the position of center. I want to see how they make it work and see if, you know, someone like Svechnikov and another high end wing balance it out. I will. Oh, now I boxed myself into this. <laughs> um, I will. Oh, <laughs> I will fuck so them. hard. Oh, yeah. oh, here we go. Oh, I. I should have killed the Leafs. I feel like the Leafs. I like David Camp as like a good shutdown center, and I think he's an like outstanding penalty killer. But Ryan O'Reilly will like take a lot of his minutes. Um, as long as it doesn't affect their penalty kill, because I don't want anything to change with Marner and Camp. They're my favorites, like penalty killers in the league. Uh, yeah, I'll fuck that. That's fine. I think they need something for their third line, and the storylines would be very interesting. And if they still lose to Tampa Bay, like what what else is there? So sure. And I'll marry him to the avalanche. I like the storyline of him returning to Colorado. And also, like, I thought the entire year, same conversation, I thought we could see how good the wingers are and how they could elevate that center position. But the wingers have been injured, like Nichushkin and Landeskog, so we really haven't seen that. Um, I love the way they're built. I want to see them do well again. You know, I know it's boring to have back-to-back champions twice in a row, but, like, I wouldn't mind it with Colorado because I think they're that good. So I want to see them catch a break. And I think getting a center will help them do it. Amazing. Sarah? Yeah, I feel like we have kind of unfortunately similar ones. I'm killing Carolina because O'Reilly is very much giving Jordan Stahl and Kokaniemi has been more of a shutdown center than anybody had hoped. So they have kind of two of these. And O'Reilly, I'm sure he can still make an impact and chip in a few. But the Canes have too many players that are already like that and they just need kind of more pure scoring. So killing him. I'll fuck Toronto because... Like, I guess that's the only option. And I don't think he makes that team better, though. I, I just don't. And I'll marry um, Colorado for the same reason as Sheena. And I do I do think they've been so injured that a guy that has this playoff and calmness about it, like, I, I love Ryan O'Reilly as a person. Don't get me wrong. And I love his, like, aura. I don't know. So I think it would be a cool story on Colorado. And it could be... They've had kind of a weird season with all the injuries. He could give that insurance. Are you being different just to be different? Yes. That's fine. I can see you're like fighting this one. <laughs> all right. So I have to agree on killing the Canes. It's just not a fit. Um, but to be different, I will marry him to the Leafs because I want the chaos. I want the reaction. I want that this isn't the right choice. We filled the wrong need and it's this big move and they pay way too much. And then guess what? They lose to the Lightning. So that's that's what I will do. And also to disagree with Dana <laughs> and Sarah, that's why I will do it. And so therefore I will fuck Colorado. Allison because... loves the Leafs, number one Leafs fan. Here we go. Dude, I literally just shat all over them. How is that loving them? No, you want them to win the Ryan O'Reilly sweepstakes. You actually love them. You're <laughs> acting like you hate them. Like we're in high school and this is like your crush. You're like Helga Pataki. <laughs> hey, Arnold. What? Helga loves Marner is Arnold. Arnold. Oh my God. Okay. Um, yes. So that. Uh, so therefore, I will have to fuck Colorado because I think it would be fun. But I still, I, I have faith. I have faith in Colorado that they can come back and contend. They have had so many injuries, and someone else just got injured today. I just saw it come through. It's a foot. Eric Johnson. Oh, on Eric Johnson. 
Thank you. Yes. You get fired so, back and you lose his partner. Perfect. Is, Every day, as, Peter Bob just be. has his injury update and it's like, I think I see <laughs> over there and a purple jersey. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> so to be different again, and just because I, I have faith and I also... I mean, does Colorado have that much to spend, really? I don't know that they do. They've been so careful when they do spend that I feel like they yeah. Like last year, we actually saw them spend. Like they've conserved their assets. Yes, which again speaks to the quality of their front office that they have. And we love them. So there's my pick. All right, friends. Uh, <laughs> we thank you as <laughs> we thank you as always for hanging out with us, talking hockey, talking all the things. Once again, we will be back next Tuesday with a very special episode that I assure you, you do not want to miss. We had so much fun. We probably could have kept that talk going for at least an hour. It was a blast. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll keep our secrets till it gets revealed next week. But uh, watch out for that. Be sure in the meantime to follow us on social. We are at two underscore much underscore man on both the Twitters while it exists and on the IGs. Uh, check us out there. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Submit your candidates for FMK fun. Tell us that you love us. Don't tell us that you don't like the way we look on the screen of your YouTube because you're sitting at home watching us and feel like you just have to be validated to your little tiny man brain by telling a woman she doesn't look perfect to you. But tell us all the good things that you like. Check out That's a nice merch. way of saying eat shit. Or that. There you go. <laughs> Check out our merch. The link is on both of our socials where you can buy sweatshirts. You can buy hats. You can buy switch cases. You can buy Apple Watch bands. You can buy burn books. Check it all out. All that money goes to good causes. We don't keep any of it for ourselves. And until we talk again, please go out and do something, no matter how big or small, to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.